This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael here with you. And in the studio for the next few days is Pastor Craig Jarvis. Hey, Craig, how you doing, eh? <laughs> He's good, eh? Uh, take off, eh? Take off, you holzer. And uh, so excited to have him. And uh, he is filling in for Pastor Tim. And, uh, you know, we shared with you in some previous podcasts, you know, a couple weeks ago, Tim was gone. And we try to keep people up to date on his um, world travels. And uh, so actually um, today, um, he has an early flight um, at the time of this recording back to England. England, yeah. And most people do not know this about Pastor Tim, but he's got some really incredible relationships. And so before he went into pastoral ministry, uh, he worked for BMG Music, he worked for the Virgin Group, and he just had an extensive relationship. Uh, We've talked about in previous podcasts, his relationship with Richard Branson, Sir Richard Branson, whatever. Um, So the Spice Girls have been seriously considering a reunion and at the same time, David Cameron, um, the is he now the ex-prime minister or the current prime minister? Soon to be, soon to be ex-prime minister of England. It's called Pastor Tim, and uh, they all need mediation because of Brexit and because of the Spice Girls. Oh, yeah, right. Internationally, these basically are on par with each other. And uh, so actually, Tim has a unique role. At, he plays, uh, he has a mediatorial role in governments. And uh, so David Cameron has called him and said, can you come help us? And at the same time, he's also negotiating with the Spice Girls, um, working with Virgin Galactic and BMG. It's crazy they were what he gets to the do. Night. He has stopped by for dinner, right? Yeah. I, I don't even have words. <laughs> I don't even have words. Um, so the fact that like Pastor Tim works at the Village Church um, is pretty incredible. So anyways, I'm excited to hear. Um, he's negotiating a 14-song double CD for the Spice Girls wow. with BMG. And uh, anyways, so it's, it's going to be pretty awesome. And uh, we'll see what actually happens. And there's the Brexit stuff too, whatever. But all right. So uh, Pastor uh, Craig, welcome back. And the question for today comes from a teacher. And uh, the teacher's question is, how authentic should I be? And the question goes on and says, is there a certain degree of appropriate, uh, we'll say, inauthenticity and non-transparency that is needed? For example, should um, this person's students get to know all of all of their sin struggles. Um, and so as, as a teacher, this is a weird line. Um, and, and sometimes sometimes we can preach or say things that could leave people the conclusion of you need to be fully transparent, fully real all the time, no limits. And of course, that's absolute foolishness. So let's just start at the top. What, what are some big principles, pieces of advice that you would share with a teacher who is trying to deal with authenticity? She wants to be real. But at the same time, she's got to draw some lines. What right. would you say to them? So first of all, common sense, right? I don't tell my kids everything that Beth and I talk about, uh, details that we're considering regarding our future or, or even our relationship together. Yep. Uh, you just you don't give that to kids because, quite frankly, they can't handle it. They can't yep. process it uh, like they need to process it. And they don't walk through the journey uh, that you're walking through. Yep. So common sense, you, you, you just, you don't want to share everything with everybody. That's not what we talk about when we talk about authenticity and transparency. Yep. So that's, I think that's where we need to start. The second the place from there that we need to go is that w- whenever you're dealing with somebody um, from an authority 
aspect of things, like whether or not you're a parent or a teacher, uh, you, you do need to maintain those boundaries. Uh, to uh, there's a there's a common theme today between parents and children, particularly where mm. where you uh, you talk with children and you invite them into an adult style relationship. Sometimes that exasperates the children, and rightly so, yeah. uh, because you need to draw a boundary there so that when you need to discipline or you need to uh, correct or instruct. Uh, you have a boundary that you can speak from rather than, you know, shoulder to shoulder with, with your teenager. I think that's, I was a youth pastor for a long time, and I think that's a mistake a lot of parents make is, particularly in this area, they want to be shoulder to shoulder friends with their children, uh, friends with even with their older teenagers. Yep. But ultimately, uh, you, you don't enter that, that kind of relationship until those children uh, graduate and go through some adult issues that you've had to go through. And, and even, even so, if you're a parent, and you have a position of authority, they may become your friend, but you never stop being the That's parent. exactly. I still call my dad and mom all the time. Yep. And uh, and they still, you know, I say, Dad, what would you do here? And yep. they still maintain that aura of authority over my life. Absolutely. So there, you know, different generations have different, we'll just say, uh, habits and patterns in mm -hmm. terms of authenticity. And so typically the older you are in America and Western culture, older generations had a lot more, we'll just say, um, privacy around them. Oftentimes- the younger you are, uh, whether that that whether that's an age thing or a culture thing, that's probably a little bit of both. Um, some younger people are just open about everything. You know, there's no lines. There's they just share everything. They say everything that they are, that all their struggles, and yeah, cultural things. Sure. And uh, definitely, uh, it is a. I mean, what used to be shameful to mention, mm -hmm. um, yep. which would be weakness or struggle or different things like that, is now on YouTube. Um, on YouTube, and people just share willingly and uh, without hesitation. And, um, and, and so I think that depending on who you are, you have to use a lot of restraint at times. Sometimes if you're older, you may actually have to willingly choose vulnerability more than what your gut says to go with because you're too secluded emotionally, relationally. Some people, often the younger you are, you need to be restrained and you need to be taught wisdom. One of the things I think that is fair to say is that we cannot assume young people have been taught wise boundaries because culture around them has erased all boundaries. That's nothing is right. Nothing is wrong. Right. And, and I'm even finding this in the Christian world. I, you know, sometimes people may think in moments like this, I might overstate something and uh, I'm not overstating this. Young Christians um, need to be taught boundaries and mm. they need to be taught cultural things, even the most solid conservative ones, because we underestimate the weight and the pull of their culture, which is informing them infinitely more than the church mm. or mom and dad are. Um, if, if you just accumulate school, education, media, and friends, um, those things are influencing our kids' rightness, wrongness, understandings of culture and right and good and bad and socially acceptable things beyond what we can even imagine. Time with mom and dad uh, is yep. under 8% uh, re regarding the amount of time that they spend in the, hmm. in the run of a week. Time with mom and dad is under under 10%. And so there's, uh, there's no way that you're going to have the influence on kids that culture, school, friends, yep. all those things are going to have on them. And one, one thing before we exit this part of it should be said to the teenagers or, or millennials, uh, younger millennials that might be listening to the podcast, uh, you, whatever you're putting out there in an effort to be transparent and authentic, uh, but you're, 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 you're not putting proper boundaries out. So you're putting stuff on YouTube or, or social yep. media, those things will come back yep. uh, in the future. They never go away and a future employer will see those things. And so, uh, constructing boundaries, it doesn't mean you're not authentic. It just means you're wise yep. using common sense. 
Yeah, we have a, a friend who's a police officer in a school in the area, and uh, one of one of the things he shares is that one of the biggest issue is sexting. Is that um, oh, girls yeah. are volunteering naked pictures of themselves to to guys. And um, what they don't realize is those never go away. Never go away. And uh, they're always there. Now, that would be an inappropriate level of authenticity, yeah. um, clearly. And, uh, you know, I, I, there's a line, there's a phrase that said, Craig, it is be yourself, be who you are, right? Um, what is good and what is bad about that statement? Because that, that can be taken to some crazy levels. Oh, it sure can. Yeah. So be yourself like Jerry Springer, be yourself. That's that's a crazy level. Yeah. Uh, that's where there's, um, we're fallen in our yourself category when i'm myself uh i do bad things <laughs> and so that's because i am a fallen creature i need god to redeem who i am in order to make me into an image of christ that means that self-discipline is involved i mean it's one of the fruit of the spirit right yep uh, the fruit of the spirit is self-control yeah. telling so, myself no self exactly don't do that because self being who you are is anti-jesus sometimes jesus came into our lives not just to love us and 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 be cons uh learn to be okay with who we are jesus came into our lives to in in order for the purpose of constructing us into a better image of him yep. so we need we need outside help we need help in all of this so to blatantly proclaim who you are in your fallenness is is not to proclaim who you are in the redemptive process that Jesus is doing in your life. Yep. So it's it's drastically different. And in a world that's that doesn't recognize what Jesus can do in their lives, mm. all they have to do is brag about their fallenness. Yep. Our our whole process as Christians is to brag about our redemptive the redemptive process that Jesus is continually doing on a day to day basis in our yep. lives. We don't we don't brag about who we are. We brag, if you right. will, about what God is doing yep. and who He is making us into. Well said. Because yeah. He's making us into the image of Jesus and yep. we get to brag on Jesus. Um, the the idea of be yourself is one of the most aggravating things and you hit it the nail on the head. Myself is not a good person a lot. Mm -hmm. I need to honestly sometimes kill myself and let Jesus um, be formed in me so that people see more of him and less of me. And by that, I don't mean kill my personality because God has given me a specific and unique personality. I think that's a, a, a unique distinction to make because sometimes People um, don't listen to what we say, take it to extremes, and then disregard it. Um, God has the ability to preserve your personality while forming in your character Christ. It's an amazing thing. It is an amazing thing. So that whether you're a man or a woman, whether you grew up in India or China or France or, or Scotland or South Africa or America or Canada, a little less there, but mostly America, um, God has the ability to preserve your personality and yet form Christ in you. That to me is crazy. So, um, but be, be who you are, love who you are is a statement that is used to justify behavior that God does not approve of or behavior that ultimately kills our soul and our relationship with God and our relationship with people. And, um, so this has become, you know, this is who I am. Therefore it is what I must do. And I would just look at people and say, you're not a slave no. um, to your desires, your impulses. Um, a fruit of the spirit, as you said, is self control, right. the ability to recognize that myself has propensities that are bad. And I have a will that can impose itself on my desires that says, stop it. Um, I know you want it, but my will is greater than my desires. I can will myself to say no to my desires. Um, so, so, yeah. so you preached on this, actually, uh, in, mm -hmm. in Ephesians, as we're going through this passage. You were children of dark, yep. darkness, 
Now you are children of light. Walk mm -hmm. as children of light. Yep. So if you're going to brag on something, brag on the light. Don't yep. brag on who you are, who you were. That's one. By the way, that's one thing that really, when I when I hear people share their testimonies, it's wonderful to hear what you saved out of. But sometimes people go a little too far and mm -hmm. almost get to the point of almost bragging about yep. how bad they actually were. Yep. And uh, I think about Paul the apostle. And uh, every time he talked about his past, it was an, it was almost like an embarrassing side of the mouth comment. Yep. You know who I was. I know who I was. I'm not that person any longer. Yeah. I am a new creation in Jesus Christ. Anybody can do terrible things. Mm -hmm. Very few people can be transformed by the power yep. of God. You know, like I could go kill people and sell drugs and do a bunch of stuff. Like that's easy. Okay? It's easy. It's hard to be transformed from the inside out and have Christ formed, you know, in you. Uh, a sub question was, should I share everything with everyone at all times for the sake of being quote real? And the obvious answer is what? Obviously no. That's, that's just ridiculous. Um, however, yeah. however, yeah. if I could pipe in here that there isn't a truth of scripture where accountability is an aspect of the Christian life. And to mm -hmm. neglect that is to neglect a powerful part of the Christian life that keeps you moving yep. toward becoming the image of God. So finding an accountability partner, somebody that is spiritual, uh, you have these these verses all the way through scripture from iron sharpens iron to Galatians uh, 6.1, where it says, those of you who are spiritual, restore the others. Uh, Thessalonians talks about if you find somebody's fallen, restore yeah. them gently. So there's always this idea of accountability. So yes, but uh, those circles need to be very small because they're for the purpose of not bragging about your fallenness, yep. but continuing the journey into becoming an image of Christ. So, yeah, my, my conviction is that there should be one, two, or three people yeah. in your life that can know everything about you. You can tell them the dark thoughts that you've had or the good stuff that God is doing. And uh, oftentimes it's best to have that be, I would say the vast majority of the time to be somebody who's of the same gender, who loves Jesus. I'm sorry, the same sex who loves Jesus and is safe. Right. Um, and uh, to be known fully, to be loved is, is an incredible thing. Um, I think a better goal than be yourself is, and this is the biblical model, is to be like Jesus mm -hmm. and our true self. Um, we become our best selves. We find our truest, we'll say, the pinnacle of who we were supposed to be and created to be when Christ is formed inside of us. So Romans 8, 29 says that God wants us to be conformed to the image of of his son again that's not changing necessarily your personality but it's changing your character so that mm. christ is more fully seen philippians chapter 2 uh, says your attitude should be the same as that of christ jesus who being in very nature god did not consider equality with god something to be grasped but made himself nothing so my attitude god wants to conform my attitude to the attitude of jesus and i love this first john 3 2 says beloved we are god's children now and what will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And uh, this is the end result. God is not content with Craig Jarvis or Michael Fueling being who we are today. Oh, goodness, no. Uh, he is going to constantly transform us. Um, so let's let's give three big three big takeaways. Um, takeaway number one is um, Christian authenticity. Let's, get, let's build a brief, simple theology of Christian authenticity. Christians should always be real. What does that mean? That means not not pretending to be something that you're not. Yep. When when people don't go to church, a lot of times I say I don't go to church because uh, everyone there is a hypocrite. Yep. We've earned that reputation as a church. Yep. Uh, so we need to be authentic, especially in the church, and admit that we we're in a place to worship God because we're all broken. We're all, all on different journeys. We've all dropped the ball, and we all need healing and 
continuing conformity that can only come through the grace of God. We're being transformed. Yep. I mean, the gospel itself says, Michael, Craig, you are a sinner who has fallen short of the glory mm-hmm. of God. And until Jesus comes back or you die, you're going to struggle with sin and do stupid things. Yep. So when Craig does something stupid or Michael does something stupid, or I look at you and Craig say, say, Craig, why did you do that? Or you say, Michael, why did you do that? I can either say, how dare you? Exactly. Or I can agree with the gospel of Jesus Christ, of which I've submitted my life under its authority and say, oh, oh yeah, the the gospel and the word of God communicate that I am going to struggle and they tell you to tell me. Can I give you a a quick test for this? Yeah, please. When somebody comes up to you and and says, Hey, I've seen this in your life. I'm not, not trying to put myself above you, but boy, this is an area that I don't think it's going to go well for you. It's going to hurt people around you, hurt hurt you. If your first reaction is to stick your hand up and, you know, proverbially and, and say, I'm not going to listen to you or who are you to talk to me like that? That is not being authentic. Yep. Your first reaction should be, if you're truly being conformed to the image of Christ, your tr- your reaction as a believer should be, do I not see something? I will mm. consider that. I'm going to pray about that. And th- yep. They may be right or they may be wrong. Totally, yeah. Doesn't mean they're right. But your first reaction needs to be self uh, a self-examination for yep. sure. Number two, Christian authenticity means that we are always pursuing Christ-likeness. What does that mean? That means our one desire is to become more like him and less like us. And number three, Christian authenticity means that we are always appropriate for the situation. Give me some examples where something might not be appropriate. Well, I think everything we talked about at the beginning, yep. bragging on our fallenness. Tim's uh, journeys. Uh, <laughs> bragging on our sin, I think, is is inappropriate because it's elevating the, the fallen part of us yep. and not elevating the part that God is redeeming. Yeah. So there are a few areas of like my life that we don't tell our kids about. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't tell our kids about our marital intimacy. Mm -hmm. We don't tell our kids. Which is in fallenness. That's that's, that's a a different thing. It's a good thing. I just don't tell my kids because it's none of their business. I don't get up in front of the church. Like I try to be pretty transparent with the church with my life, but there are areas I do not talk about. You know, like if my wife and I just were bickering the night before, I'm not going to get up in front of the church and bring everybody into that. It's none of their business. And I don't mean that to be inauthentic. What I mean is authenticity has an appropriate place. Um, and so we protect our kids from a lot of what goes on in our life, largely because they're seven, five, and three years old. Mm. And when they get a little bit older, we may bring them into some more discussions, but always as a parent with a son or daughter. And even when they become our friends as they get older, I'm still always their mom and dad. Now, with the teacher, um, what specific advice would you give to a teacher? Because if you're a teacher, you can go on Facebook, you, your kids can find you. Um, what would you tell a public and a private school teacher about um, their relationship with students and authenticity? They need to maintain that, that aura of, of um, authority over the children. Uh, and beyond that, I, I would say, pray to the Lord and, and ask him for wisdom. He's not going to, he's not going to tell you to do, but, but understand if it's a cultural thing that's pushing you to do it, uh, or if it's a God thing telling you to do it. And if you yep. lack wisdom, ask somebody that's spiritual in your life and get some information from them because each situation is different. I mean, there might come uh, a tragic uh, shooting, the shooting in Orlando, for instance, and your children might be traumatized because they think somebody might be coming in to yep. do them harm. You might need to address that and address some of your personal feelings about that, You yep. know how, how sad you are about that and that kind of thing. And that might be difficult for them to go through because they're children, yeah. uh, but at the same time, it's it's might be necessary because they have to process that and you can teach them how to process through it correctly well i like the the big picture which is uh be appropriate be like christ you're fallen and sometimes practically you just need to get advice and from people who've been there done that and um, use common sense common sense can get you through so much 
And if you feel like you lack common sense, maybe don't teach. How's that? Um, so tomorrow we're going to talk about um, a big, thick question, um, but on the, on the surface, but um, really it's a simple question. What is the difference between Islam and Christianity? We're going to parse that out. So I want to welcome you back tomorrow when Pastor Craig and I on uh, what will be Friday answer, what's the difference between Islam and Christianity? Christianity.